everyone. Welcome to Home From Home, a podcast where we answer your questions with our experiences and questionable advice. We're just two guys who like guys but love God. This is a safe place for real conversation. We'll talk about the highs and lows of life as a disciple with added baggage. Can we help you with that? Welcome to your Home From Home. Welcome to our new series on what's so hard about being same-sex attracted. This month we'll dive deeper into the pain and longing experienced by the same-sex attracted Christian, with the aim of sharing our own stories and finding healing through vulnerability. Today we talk about identity and belonging. Kick back and relax, you're listening to Home From Home. Okay, we are here. Welcome. I thought I would have a catchier intro phrase, but I do not. So, hello. (laughs) Hello. We are here. Welcome sounds good. We're not live today. And it's just the two of us again. Bye, guy. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. If we try. Just the two. Exactly. Yep. He's gone. So, thanks, guy. Yeah. See you later. We're going to go have to find him later. Yeah. Gosh, we've lost him again. Um, But that was a really great series. What did you think of that? Uh, You know, it was a special time. It was great. I mean, (laughs) I I really do think Guy has a lot of wisdom. um, And I think his story is really compelling and very Mm. um, just hopeful. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm so grateful for his wisdom and, um, and just his experience. And you're right, his story is so compelling. I think especially thinking about Kathy passing away and guys kind of battle and and wrestle through that to it just reminds me the you know how short life is and yep. how important it is to just really hold on to those you love <laughs> and make most of every moment and then also just to make a difference with our lives as well so um it's true I think guys are a really great example of that but um you, how are you doing are you doing well you know, I'm doing pretty well. I can't complain. I am adjusting to being a full-time employee, which uh, is quite the adjustment, really. I, uh, yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness, what happened to all the time that I used to have? I, I'm <laughs> spending it slaving away at work, you know? Not slaving away. Mm. That's, that's an exaggeration. I really do like my job. I mean, it's interesting with our, with our work schedules, because it's like... Right now, when we're recording this, you're just about to start your day of work afterwards, and I've just finished my day of work. So we're both tired, but for different reasons. For different (laughs) reasons. I'm tired because I haven't quite woken up yet. (laughs) And I'm tired because I've been behind a computer for a whole day. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But we're here because, and I'm excited about um, our next series, and I'm sure the people are wondering what it is. Well, actually, you've probably read the title. (laughs) So I think you know what it is. Yeah. Um, But we wanted to, for this month, this next series, which we're really excited for. We say that every time, (laughs) but we genuinely are excited for this one too. um, Is we're going to talk about what's so hard about being same-sex attracted. And really try to figure out more of the experience and on a deeper level. Because we've talked about various aspects of same-sex attraction with our episode and relationships and we looked at um how to manage and navigate those 
we've looked at growing up, same-sex attracted, our experiences from um, being young to being working professionals now, and um, and we've looked at guy stories. So there's been these different aspects of same-sex attraction, but I think something that I'm sure our listeners are very familiar with is that there is a lot of pain and hardship and heartbreak which comes with this and we really wanted to give that a voice and to go deeper into that experience because I know personally it's been something that I my natural reaction to negative emotions is often to kind of clear off and and just like either push it down or or just really distract myself so I don't need to like understand it and I think it's a good exercise for us to not just be distracted, but to actually consider some of these some of these really hard things. Yeah, no, I'm really excited for it. It's going to give um, I think listeners are going to, you know, if you are same sex attracted, I hope that you identify with what we're talking about, that you feel encouraged by what we're talking about. But then also for the people who aren't same sex attracted, but maybe have a loved one in their life who is and that's why you listen to the podcast i hope that gives you some some insight of what what can be hard about it um and i think yeah i that's what i hope i hope that we all come with a better understanding of ourselves and our loved ones perfect that's great and so we're going to split up the episode we're going to split up the series into four episodes as per usual This first episode, which you're very welcome to, we are going to revisit the topic of identity because it is such an important part within same-sex attraction and that internal conflict I can find is one of the hardest things about being same-sex attracted. And just so you know the structure, what's ahead, we're going to talk about relationships with family, with friends, and how it can cause a strain on that next episode. And then the final episode in that we're going to talk about loss and longing and loss of hopes and dreams of of relationships, of understandings, of worldviews um, and various desires and longings, which um, which can be really heartbreaking sometimes, too. So and then we're going to finish off with a great conclusion and a Q&A. So just at this start, if you have any questions or just want to share your experience with some of the things that you find really hard, please preface it, but write it in our question box and we'll make sure to include that in our last episode. But you need to do that within the next couple of weeks. So do that now, please. Please do it. Do it now. So I think we should just dive right in. Identity. I mean, that is such a big... Who am I? Who am I, Topher? Who are you? (laughs) I don't know. Where are are you? (laughs) What would you say is identity? I think... Identity is probably, I mean, the way that I think about it is like identity is how we view ourselves and what like Mm. maybe terms or labels or adjectives that we would use to describe ourselves. Um, And I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this is as common in the rest of the world, but I do think like in, in American culture, for sure, maybe just Western culture in general. Especially for men, I think identity, like a big one is like, what do you do, right? Usually the first question here, at least in the States that you ask someone new is like, what's your name and what do you do? Like, are you, are you a student? Are you working? And that is like a big part of your identity. Yeah. And 
And why would you say, like, what is the importance of identity? What is the importance of what we do? Or why do, especially today, why do we put so much emphasis on identity? Well, I feel like people have done it throughout history, but I feel like today even more so. Maybe it's this idea of authenticity as well. But why is there this importance? Yeah, I do. I do think I like what you bring up about authenticity. I think they're especially that's a very trendy. I mean, it's quite a young thing, isn't it? Is is talking about like, I need to be my authentic self or I need to bring my authentic self or I need to live my best life. Right. And a lot of times we hear that of especially people who are like gay or or same-sex attractive being like, oh, like this is keeping me from living or being my authentic self. But I think mm -hmm. more so why we put such an emphasis on identity is like we all have this core need to belong to something and to identify yeah. with something. And so I think if we know who we are, identity-wise, we know where we belong, right? And so that's mm -hmm. even what's so like you look at at family names, right? Family last names. So we have that last name and that shows us where we belong, you know, who we belong mm. to, right? We belong to, so for your last name shows that you belong to your family in like a, a clan kind of a way. And I think that's originally what started last names, right? Is when you're in villages and little like community groups, um, you use last names to identify where you're from, where you came from, who you are, you know, where you belong. Mm. And I think identity comes with such a need to want to yeah, belong to something or to understand and to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Does that make sense? That completely makes sense. Is that too philosophical? No, I, I love that. And I think belonging, you've hit something which is really important. I was looking at what is the definition of belonging as you were speaking and um there's various meanings and the various ways we use the English word belong, but some of its uses is to be a property of something. So like, you know, this, this thing, this book belongs to me, mm -hmm. um, or to be attached or bound by birth, allegiance or dependency. Mm. Um, for instance, this idea of they belong to their homeland, um, or being a member of an organization, a club, you know, she belongs to a country club. Uh, or to be an attribute, part, or function of a person or thing. So like you were saying, like this idea of being a part of something, like nuts and bolts belong to a car. So there's there's various like feelings, and but I think a lot of those very functional feelings also really tug on the heart um, to be attached or bound by something or to something, I think is a very human need to... To feel that right, and and our identity points us to what we should be attached to, what we should what we should be bound to, who's good company, and um, yeah. So I guess on from that, like why why same sex attraction? Like how does that? There's various like things that would come into this idea and the importance of identity. One being a great example is race, um, how you racially identify really has strong ties to your sense of belonging and your view of self uh, and view of others really yeah but how does same-sex attraction do you think kind of is involved in this idea of identity and belonging yeah you know i think same-sex attraction can be i mean again 
you go back to the wanting to be authentic to yourself, right? You want to live your your best life, you know. And I think I it can also be identity because the thing with I mean, it's attraction in general, right? It doesn't just have to be same sex attracted. If someone is is opposite gender attracted, are we gonna <laughs> mm-hmm. um opposite gender attracted? Um, that can be part of their identity as well, right? Is something that just feels so eternally um natural, something that just feels so right of again, you want to talk about belonging. Well, I think one of our biggest human needs is to feel like we belong to somebody else, to have mm-hmm. a partner, to have someone who, you know, we're in a in a intimate relationship with. Um, and I think, again, that's such a human need. So when you look at same-sex attraction, you that can be a big pull towards identity. But I also think, like, especially with any kind of, what am I thinking, any kind of minority group or group that historically has been oppressed, I think there's even a bigger tie of identity to be there to look for, like, representation or want to join around other people of the same you know mm. uh, minority group identity and again that gives belonging that gives community and i think that's the big draw for a lot of people of the lgbtq community is it like it is a community it is a place to belong where maybe people don't feel like they're belonged before yeah because i think that's something that those people have been denied of right they've been den- often um people who are same-sex attracted or queer or gay are denied of this sense of belonging places that usually would be a place of belonging such as i don't know in the home even in their own country there's been such a long history of kind of oppression of this minority or stigma or or just outright hatred and that denies them of belonging to many different places so i i think that's a really like nuanced point that actually there's the desire for belonging can be even greater with those who are same-sex attracted because they've been denied that and they've been denied their identity is causing them to um, be denied that sense of belonging. I was looking at, in addition, I'm loving definitions today. I was looking at the definition of attraction and kind of what is that, like how does that have an effect on us personally as well? And what, because I mean, we, we use the term so often of I'm attracted to this, like whatever, but what's the kind of core of that? word Mm. and i mean it's basic this basic idea is um something that makes people want to go to a place or do a particular thing so an attraction just it has a control on our desires it um it makes something appealing to us i found also the physics definition is quite interesting it's just a force by which things are pulled towards each other Mm. and i think maybe there's something in that this idea of belonging this idea of attraction this idea of identity uh, they're these they're these heart tugging forces that are pulling us towards people pulling us towards communities pulling us sometimes towards faith mm. but we're being we're being pulled in these different directions these different attractions these different states or, or desires of belonging and i think Maybe there is the crux of why it's so hard to be a Christian and same-sex attracted, because there are so many of these forces, these pulls towards these different things 
so many desires and so many desires which can feel very much in conflict. Mm. I don't know. That's because that's the weird thing is that even talking about same sex attraction isn't just being queer or gay isn't just about like what you look like or whatever. And sometimes it can affect that, but it, cause I think it holds, it holds very similar similarities to things like race, but I think it also doesn't in a sense that it's also about, it's about what you desire. Mm. Um, and, and I think that makes it more complicated, especially with when you're a Christian, the whole idea of, being same-sex attracted is it's kind of in conflict to being i don't know god attracted mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like and um it's like the state of it is in opposition and a pull directly away from what feels like a pull towards god yeah um, yeah that's a, a conflict of identity right of like yeah you and i think that's what being same sex attracted is is harder in some ways than uh if you are a faith than if you're not a faith right if you do identify with the identity or the label of christian or you have this conflict of identity of saying on the one hand part of myself is this you know i am who i am attracted to and this is something that I struggle with. This is something that feels so natural. This is something that I want that is tugging on my heart to be, you know, with somebody. And then on the other hand, you also, I also think that we have this innate, um, desire for the spiritual innate desire Mm. for something bigger than ourselves i mean in the bible in the old testament it talks about he he sets the desire for eternity in the hearts of men of of being Mm. like there's something in us that i think gravitates towards something spiritual something higher than ourselves and i think that's why i mean you you even look at people who aren't quote-unquote religious but are spiritual right we we have this desire to connect with some sort of inner power or higher power or something bigger than us that gives us something kind of out of the ordinary or out of the world. You look at like our fascination with like magic, right? Like you look at kids fascination with magic or, I mean, I think of like Narnia, right? Wanting to connect to something out of the normal of our human experience and so we yeah. we want to connect with something powerful or higher than ourselves. So you have these two in, in, internal conflicts that are that are battling. And, you know, at one point you have to make a decision of, hey, where where do I what am I going to identify myself with? Where is my identity going to align with? And, you know, how do I reconcile these two differences? Does that make sense? Complete. I think that's an amazing point that we have this, like you said, this inherent desire for something more. For me, it's this our sense of awe mm-hmm. and understanding of beauty. Like we look at things and we have this sense of like, this is, I don't know, like this week I went camping and was looking up at the stars and um, 
there was this, I was staying up at the stars for like half an hour and then like the whole sky suddenly lit up green and there was this massive meteor and it was like burning in the sky for a good few seconds. It was honestly so incredible. And I just, um, it was like, I spoke to one of my friends like the day after and we were like, I was like, do you remember that? We saw that, right? And they were like, yeah, because it was just so like too incredible to be true in my mind. Um, mm. But I think that sense that was filled within me is just like, I'm so small in this universe. There is something so big out there. Um, and there's this desire to be immersed in that, to have relationship with that. And I think a lot of that is our relationship with God. But then we also have this very contradictory desire, or it doesn't feel contradictory, but can sometimes has a very, like being honest, it has a very similar hold on my heart, a similar kind of level of like magic and excitement. And that can be like just getting heart flutters when speaking to a certain guy or something like that, mm. which isn't that weird that those two, <laughs> those two things like trigger such a very similar reaction for me internally. Mm. Um, mm. They both, I think both things really move my heart. Um, and, and so, yeah, which is, which is challenging when, if we look at like the biblical sexual ethic, that those things seem in some ways in contradiction. Yeah. Um, because to me, they, they really like ping off like a certain similar point in my heart, you know? Yeah. Which is really difficult. But for you, like what, what's your experience been like of that um, over, over the years and your understanding of identity, um, this kind of dual nature, this dual desire, how has that affected your sense of, your sense of self um, and what importance do you place on your identity right now? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And I think if you listen to the podcast for any length of time, you'll know my story. Um, so I think at first, like I almost was afraid to identify with that of, of being like, it was such a terrifying moment to like, I mean, the, you always see, it seems quite cheesy, but like it's it's a trope in a lot of shows and movies of like when the person finally looks himself in the mirror and is like, I'm gay, you know, and that like, <laughs> it, it, does that make sense? Like it's such a scary yeah. or intense moment of of like self-realization. And when I finally had that moment of like, yo, like I am attracted to this. This is something that isn't just a, a phase like everyone else said it would be you know, that my parents said it would be like, it is something that's real. And I don't know how I feel about this because I had at the time, I probably been a disciple maybe like a year or two. And I was terrified of what that would mean of like, is my, is my relationship with God going to be affected by this, um, by this attraction? And Am I going to be condemned to hell for this attraction? You know, if I'm going to get open with people in my life, are they going to condemn me? Are they going to be weird? Um, you know, are the men in my life going to, um, you know, reject me because they think that I'm attracted to them or whatever? Right. So that was kind of the beginning. Then in college, I think I, I, I wanted to do almost this radical shift in my heart of when I was in university, I felt like I allowed myself to 
be a little bit more free with who I am and how I express myself. And I was a lot more comfortable saying I'm same sex attracted. And there almost was a badge of honor with that of Mm -hmm. like, this is who I am. I love this part of myself. Um, But not to the point of full acceptance, but it's like, hey, like maybe I can, um, you know, maybe I can have both and let me explore what that looks like. And then it was, okay, I can't have both. And let me let go of my God identity to kind of figure out this identity. And so it really did come in like waves. And now I, you know, I think I had to come to a moment of realizing that identity is something that's so important, but also is quite complicated. And I think Mm. as I... I'm even now, if I'm if I'm honest, if I'm being very vulnerable, I'm going through a transition of identity as well as I'm moving churches, right? And so as I'm moving churches, my old church had placed such I had placed such an identity marker on like where I worship. And now that I'm changing that, like I feel like I was going through a bit of an identity crisis. <laughs> like, who am yeah, I? Cool. What do I believe? Where do I belong? And now what I'm thinking is identity is something that is so fluid, that is so ever-changing. And I think we're discovering more and more and we're getting deeper. And I feel like I'm kind of like it's almost like a buried treasure that I'm like still digging up and I'm still revealing parts of my heart. Now where I'm at with same-sex attraction, a part of my identity, part of me being attracted to what I'm attracted to makes me me, but that's not my whole identity. And I think as I'm going through even this current journey of identity, what I'm realizing even more so is like the main identity marker that I have is a son of God. Like is is christian is christ like that is that is the only identity that i feel like is permanent and ever-changing like relationships can change you know to some extent you know familial relationships don't change but you know as my parents pass away you know when they do pass away i'll still be a son but that label won't mean as much anymore so i think the part of identity that is never changing and is constant is kind of my God identity, my identity as, you know, a son of God. So that's kind of my journey on it. And, and if I'm honest, like, I think my experience with identity is something that I'm still kind of wrestling through. And I don't know if I have all the answers. Thanks for sharing. And yeah, I really appreciate that because, and that's such a, it's such a big journey, right? And it's so weird how we, even quite quickly, maybe it's more common when we're young and I feel like each year feels so different to the last, but I, you know, what you're sharing about at some point you thought, okay, I can have both. Actually, no, I can only have God. Actually, no, I can only have, um, I can only have like this part of me, uh, to do with my attractions. Like I, I can't, keep letting God dictate my identity. Like mm. there's so many different thoughts and, and mm. feelings and approaches. And so over the different years, so 
Yeah. So it sounds like you're more at a place where it's kind of like your identity in Christ is something which is like permanent and something which you found like the consistency with, which is amazing. I think for me, I don't know if I'm quite... I don't know if I'm quite there because I'm I'm also like I'm not sure. <laughs> I think identity is such a fragile thing. Yeah. Um it is. And and like we've discussed it's so change changes so quick all the time. Uh there's so many different factors which affect our sense of self and consciousness even. Um I think my experience has been often just very painful with this question of who am I? I probably overthink the thought, who am I, too much. Mm. I think a big desire for me is to just have is to just have personal significance. Mm. So then this question of who am I is very important to me because it defines my significance or importance as a person. Like my ultimate nightmare would just to be like, I'm nobody. Mm. That's what I find hard about, especially about being, yeah, yeah, and I think that's what I find so hard about this like relationship between uh, same sex attraction, that desire, and and being caught in the middle with being attracted to to God and being a Christian and that lifestyle is because I can feel so pulled in both directions my identity has a big crisis because then I do feel like often like I'm nowhere or nobody because I'm right in the middle. Mm. I often feel that can be really hard spiritually because I feel just stuck in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I want one or the other. And so, and I think often that can be the case with other Christians who deal with something like same sex attraction is we can be really hot or really cold yeah. because you just don't want to exist in that middle spot, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. wrestle spot, that tension spot. It's so much easier to just say, this is me on one side or this is me on the other. And existing in the middle is a nightmare. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I've, I've similarly, there's been periods in my life where I've thought, you know what? Same sex attraction, my attraction to guys, whatever these various qualities about me, which I can find are more feminine. Those things don't define me. God defines me. I am just God's and he is my identity. But then sometimes I I struggle with that thinking now because I find that, I find that like it maybe in some way denies or oversimplifies who we are because with our identity in God, the point is, is he, He's given us so many of these qualities and attributes and unique identifiers as to who we are personally. And I think through embracing an identity in God, it needs for me to look like instead of just throwing to the wayside things that I find important, aspects of LGBT culture that I identify with Mm, or whatever and just throwing those to the side because like no that's not what my identity is I think that's an oversimplification of of having identity in Christ yeah Um, I agree because I think you know we need to be able to be enriched like becoming 
embracing those things about ourselves, but embracing them to even like a richer sense. And I always try and make it clear that my identity in Christ is so much deeper than my sexuality. Yep. But I also think it's it's important to make that acknowledgement. But by making that acknowledgement, it's important for me to remember that that doesn't mean my sexuality doesn't matter. I think sexuality is something that is important, you know, and God created sexuality, you know, so it is important. And I think you recognizing your sexuality, it is important. I just don't think it has to define you, but it, it, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter. And I think that's the hardest part, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I think that's the hardest thing for me to kind of reconcile with that. Um, you know, I, I just remember that being some of the most painful things of just like having to, you know, after I, I broke up with my ex-boyfriend and like was kind of trying to go back to church was just like, okay, who am I? Like, what do I want? Where does God fit in this picture? And um, there's the song that I think I'm going to look up the lyrics to because it was a song that like I literally listened to so much as I was like trying to figure out my relationship with God. And I think the lyrics are like really beautiful. Um, it's it's have you ever heard of the band the 1975? Yeah. Yeah. So they're uh, British. They they are very British. Uh, they're also <laughs> I don't know kind of how to like how to like describe their music taste. But there is the song that like I just identified with so much. And it was it's called If I Believe You. And mm. have you heard it? I'm not sure. So not sure. so I'll I'll read some of the lyrics that I feel like are just like and this really does like bring part of like my heart alive. It says, um, I have a I've got a God shaped hole that's infected and I'm petrified of being alone now. It's very pathetic. I know. And I toss and turn in my bed. It's like I just lost my head. And the chorus is, and if I believe you, would that make it stop? If I told you that I need you, is that what you want? I'm broken and I'm bleeding and I'm begging for help. And I'm asking you, Jesus, to show yourself. And I don't know why I'm getting so emotional reading that. But that was like what was mm. painful was like having that moment of just being like, God, like, please show yourself. I don't know. Like, I don't want this. I don't want this separation. I don't want to feel separated for you. But it like it just feels like you are like causing something that is like inevitably going to separate me for you. And how do I how do I wrestle with that? And what does that mean? And did you make me this way and and how that was? And so I listened to that song a lot. I also listened to a song by Sam Smith a lot called Him, which oh, mm. just like broke me to pieces. Um, and there's a line in the song where it's like his prayer to God, basically. Um, and there's a part of it where he goes, you know, um, I know I'm not. He's like, Holy Father, listen to my prayer right so he's like holy father i know i'm not the son that you wanted because i love him and i'm just like oh man like is that true am i not the son that like god wanted because of who i'm attracted to so that was like so painful like so so painful but like mm -hmm. i really had to wrestle through that and like once i did it made things a lot easier and i think 
I really don't regret wrestling through that because I think that brought my relationship with God so much deeper. And I think if you look at the Bible, at least, right, you look at anyone who had a deep relationship with God and you see like their struggle. And I think the best example that I have is David, like just read through the like songs of like hearing his deep wrestle with identity, with who he is, the mistakes that he's made. But like also see how close he was to God to the point of where like God describes David as a man after his own heart. Right. Um, Mm. And I'm like, I think that's kind of what I would like to have said for me at the end of my life is that like this man was a man after God's heart, you know, and Mm. wrestling through that while painful, like unbelievably painful. Um, really did bring me this deeper sense of peace of who I am and where I am before God. And I think, yeah, like I don't regret that struggle at all. Uh, Thanks so much for sharing. I completely, I understand. And yeah, those lyrics to those songs, actually I have heard them both, are, are so powerful because they express this feeling and this such, it's such a weird feeling of, it's like simultaneous love, but then also a feeling of abandonment towards God mm. at the at the same time, and it's just so it's just so difficult. And and I know I think for me, I just honestly I've cried so much about it. I've prayed so much and just questioned. Um, I'm so afraid of of doing it wrong, of doing life wrong, Mm. of making like the wrong decisions with who I am. And it can be so confusing because you have so many different things saying, this is who you are. This is who you should be. This is what will make you happy. Um, And they feel so in contradiction. And I just don't know. I don't know. And, And that frustrates me and it can so often just scare me and so often break me. And feelings the the weird thing is the like as your feelings grow towards god your heart kind of breaks at the same time because these other feelings these other desires are kind of i don't know diminish or are put or put aside or vice versa as um if my feelings for a guy is growing my heart is simultaneously breaking about how that could affect my relationship with god and so it's just it can so often feel like this this consistent heartbreak mm-hmm. um yeah i think the thing that's helped me to find peace in addition to what you've already shared is it's just that like jesus was so familiar with this suffering maybe not this particular suffering but i think of him at you know his turmoil in the garden of gethsemane before being crucified his 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 like his just plea to god take this cup from me Mm -hmm. like i just don't i can't do this and his his internal anxiety and conflict was to the point where he was literally like sweating blood his veins and capillaries were like popping in reaction to how internally frustrated and terrified he was 
And then I remember, okay, God understands. And I think it's just, it's even though our struggle as Christians who are attracted to the same sex can be so challenging, like that's, that's what being human is. And I think when Jesus came, he experienced the exact thing. He experienced the same thing. He experienced this wrestle between the Bible often describes it as spirit and flesh. Mm, mm. And I think that wrestle is is strong enough to bring even God so close to the point of breaking. Um, but he set the example to submit still to the spirit. And he says, you know, not my will, but your will. And I think that's what, I have to bring myself to a point of is it's not my will. It's not my desires. It's God's will. It's his desires. But I think it's so important for us as a community to bring ourselves to that point. If Jesus didn't go to the garden of Gethsemane and wrestle with it, with God, then I don't think he could have got to the point of surrender. Mm. Um, And I think I will like beeline away from the garden at any possible opportunity because I do not want to confront how difficult it is sometimes for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. And I think that's so beautiful. Like the wrestle really is where growth is. And it talks about in the Bible, it talks about, you know, faith being refined by fire, right? So that it'll be purified, right? And I think sometimes we can hope that the Christian life could be free from pain and worry and, and trial. And it's like, oh, I thought once I you know said yes to Jesus that my life would be easier. Uh, no, actually, it gets harder. Um, but, you know. Yeah, like it's beautiful, though, because that is that is where true faith comes out of. And and I just appreciate your vulnerability of sharing that. I think that's all we have time for. That is all we have time for. Thank you for listening. I hope, you know, this has piqued your guys' interest. So, you know, continue to listen to our series. Please leave any comments or questions that you want to be in our episode. As well, I wanted to make sure I do a little bit of housekeeping, if that's all right. Our next series is going to be on gay theology. So if you have any questions, that you want to make sure that you're being answered on, you know, gay theology, being gay in the Bible, what does the Bible say? Please send those in as well. And just make sure that you uh, in the question box say which one it's for, because we're trying to collect these questions now so we can kind of plan for our series and where we want to go with that. And uh, there might be a special guest in there. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, we love you guys. Thank you guys for continuing to support us. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. We will see you next week where we will be discussing the strain of relationships with family and friends and same-sex attraction. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Home From Home. We'd love to hear your questions. Please submit through the link in the description. Home From Home is sponsored by Strength and Weakness Ministries, a Christian organization that helps to bridge the gap between the Christian community and the LGBTQ community through awareness, education, and support. For more info and resources, go to strengthandweakness.org.